Thank you for listening to this message from The Resting Place Tampa. Our hope is you feel honored, empowered, and full of faith because of everything you hear. For more great resources like this, go to trptampa.com. So we are in this incredibly long, might go on until Jesus comes back series about the apocalypse, called Apocalypse Howl with a question mark. And if it's your first time in this series, I apologize. This is part 6B. This is, I know, part two of part six. Um, I, I got through half of my notes last week, so this is part two. I try not to do that. Um, but here we are. And so I'm going to try and bring everyone up to speed, okay? But it's, uh, everything's on YouTube, all right? That's the best way to get up to speed. Go watch number one through five, really 6A uh, from last week, and uh, you'll get it. But today we're going to continue to talk about uh, the mystery of the four living creatures and what those four living creatures mean for us, okay? But I want to give you the purpose, okay? The purpose of this series, if you've been here the whole time, you know this by heart. It's to break off fear of the apocalypse and to break through pride of the know-it-all because I don't want anyone afraid and I don't want anyone thinking that they know everything about the end times because if you think you know it all, you're wrong, all right? That's the essence of pride. If you can't be taught, you are in pride. Let me help you. Do I have pride in my life? Who can teach you? If it's a very short list, you might be in pride, Okay, if Balaam can learn from a donkey, you can listen to any old donkey when it speaks the word of the Lord. Okay, anyone know that story? It's like a scene from Shrek. Like this prophet gets talked to by his donkey, gives him the word of the Lord. It's crazy. Okay, anyway, (laughs) we don't want anyone thinking they know it all. All right, and everything I've been saying, I've repeated myself over and over again. I don't mind repeating myself because I want you to really hear me, okay? Good teachers repeat themselves. I want you to really hear me because good teachers repeat themselves. I want you. I am offering everything I say in humility. It's a total submission. I'm submitting it to you that I believe it to be the absolute truth, but I could be wrong. I believe that's a fair statement. I wouldn't share it if I didn't believe it to be the absolute truth, but I could be wrong. Is that okay? All right, that's okay with a few of you. I like it. So that's the only way I'm going to do it. It's totally like I'm submitting it to you, okay? This is very mysterious. The book of Revelation is extremely rich and deep and wide and high and all that stuff. So we believe that it's actually the unveiling of Jesus Christ because it says this is the revelation of Jesus Christ. The word revelation is the word apocalypse. Okay, it's the unveiling of Jesus Christ. And an angel made it known to John. That word made it known is signified it, put it in symbol form. It's semiano, the Greek word for miracle signs. Okay, an angel put it in sign language. Are you, going, are you following me? For John, and John wrote what he saw, and then it says, happy are those who read this book. Blessed are those who read aloud this book and keep its words. So the word blessed is makarios. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are the meek. Blessed, same word. Happy are those who read this book. So if you don't read it, if you read it and it doesn't make you happy, I'd submit to you, you're reading it wrong. Anybody just realize they've been reading the book of Revelation wrong? (laughs) Yeah. Anxious are those, depressed are those, freaked out are those who read aloud the words of this book. No, that's what it says. It says happy, blessed. Blessed are those. Totally blissed out. That's the Caleb translation. Totally 
Lost in joy are those who read the words of this book, okay? And so we've jumped into all the different pictures. We've gone through all these things. I don't have time to recap all that. I'll recap last week for you, and then we'll get into part two here really quickly, okay? So last week I submitted to you in humility that the four living creatures are symbols that reveal the four stages of maturity in the church. And you might have never heard this before. I don't mind. That's okay. Um, if you've never heard it before, this is in submission. Okay, so I believe that they show the four stages of spiritual maturity. If everything is a sign, a symbol, we're operating off our model here. If it's a symbol, then it's, I believe there are four living creatures in the throne room. I believe that hap- that's true. That's what John saw. But they speak to us about the four stages of maturity. Are you with me? Okay, number one, the first one, the lion. That's salvation. This is where maturity begins. And there are people who go to church who are not the church. <laughs> There are people who go to church every week who are not the church. It's not attending a church gathering that makes you the church. It's giving your life to Jesus that makes you a part of the church. The the Christian life is not a changed life. It's an exchanged life. Your life for his. You give him yours, he gives him your. What? No. You give him yours, he gives you his. If I slow down a little bit, I can speak English to you. (laughs) Right? That's what it is. You lay your life down. You come to the cross and you die. And then you are made alive in him. Because, and the picture of the lion speaks of salvation because the lamb was led to slaughter, but the lion rose from the grave. It says, Revelation 5, 5, that the lion of Judah has conquered, overcome. You were saved when the lion roared out of that grave. Are you with me? We're a third day people. We're not just at the cross on the first day. We see our sins. We, we are grateful for being forgiven. But it's more than forgiven. It's forgiven, justified, sanctified, glorified, seated with him in heavenly places. We are risen with him, Ephesians 2, 6, and seated with him in heavenly places already. That's what it means to be saved. I'm a bilocational preacher. All right? You know, this bivocational, they got two jobs. I got two locations. I'm a bilocational minister. All right? And so are you. You're in that chair and in the throne room right now. That's what the Bible says. Now, you can be a believer or an unbeliever, but that's your choice. (laughs) There are people who go to church who are not the church. I believe the church is one of the greatest mission fields on the planet. I also realize that there are unbelieving believers. You are saved, but you don't even believe half the Bible. (laughs) So salvation is really deep. We don't even have the full revelation of salvation. In fact, Thessalonians says there's there's a salvation yet to be revealed. So even your salvation is going to get gooder and gooder. Come on, somebody. Say amen. (laughs) Yeah? Come on. But this is the beginning. This is where you begin to mature. You cannot mature spiritually without Jesus. Somebody say amen. There are people who can do spiritual stuff, but only the Holy Spirit leads you into all the truth. Right? And the Holy Spirit reveals Jesus. That's what the Holy Spirit does. Amen? So salvation is the first stage of spiritual maturity. Yes? You with me? Number two, this is a review. Servanthood, the ox. The, other, the second living creature is the ox. They're in order on purpose. Ox is a picture of servanthood. It's the working animal. It's the one who puts their shoulder to the plow. There are many people in the church who are saved, but not servants. They're not giving their, their every day to the Lord. They're not serving the Lord. But it doesn't mean they've lost their salvation. Are you with me? It's the second stage of maturity. And I promise you, if you aren't serving, you aren't growing. 
And I'm not talking about serving at this building or what our, our programs or whatever. I'm talking about serving your spouse. I'm talking about serving your neighbor. I'm talking about living the lifestyle of a servant, serving your boss. Hello? There's a new concept for some of you. Serve your boss. I hate my boss. Okay, you'll grow out of that when you serve your boss. It's a stage of maturity. Are you with me? Okay. Third stage is it says there was a face of a human face, the face of a man. That's the full maturity of Christ in an earthen vessel. Much of the church doesn't even believe that that's possible. But Ephesians 4.13 says the apostles, prophets, pastors, teachers, and evangelists, fivefold ministry, are here for the equipping of the saints unto the mature manhood, unto the fullness of the measure of the stature of Christ. It's actually the plan for you to be mature. <laughs> You're going to grow whether you like it or not, all right? That's the plan, all right? And when you partner with these things, you actually accelerate them. Are you with me? Yeah? So listen, this is the thing. I'm not perfect. Say, Caleb's not perfect. Okay. But Jesus, when he speaks, he creates, right? I guess this is a little fringy. This is a little bit on the edges. If it offends you, good. It's a submission, you don't have to think like me or believe like me. We believe Jesus is Lord. He died and rose again. We're good. Amen? Yeah. Half of you. Are we good? <laughs> Listen, if Jesus came in here and said to this table, be a chair, what would happen? That thing would turn into a chair. Why? Because when he speaks, he creates. Well, he said to you, be perfect as your heavenly father is perfect. A lot of us don't even have a grid for that. We'll never be perfect till we get to heaven. Good news, you're already there. You're seated with him in heavenly places, and you're supposed to grow into full maturity. We can't lower the bar of what we should expect to the level of our experience. We need to keep the bar right where it is and ask the Lord for help, somebody. That should be the prayer life that you have. Help me, Lord. Help me grow. Are you with me? Okay, so we got saved people, we got servant people, we got people who are growing into full maturity. And once that happens, once the church really grows into full maturity, we're going to see the fullness of the spirit life. The eagle in flight is a picture of the ascended life of the spirit. And let me just break it to you. That is the, the thing that Jesus is going to ride in on. Psalm 104.3, it says that he rides on the wings of the wind, and he makes his ministers winds. Anyone who hopes in the Lord, Isaiah 40.31, will mount up on wings like eagles. It's an eagle in flight. That's where we're going. You understand? We're going to have the fullness of the spirit life, the ascended life in the church, and then Jesus is returning. I'm talking about hastening the day of the Lord. I'm telling you the plan right now. This is how we hasten the day of the Lord, because Jesus is going to come through us before he comes to us. He's going to come through his church before he comes to his church. We are, we do believe in a bodily return of Christ. Amen. I want to be very clear. It gets muddy. People accuse me of not believing that. I'm like, I, I literally say those words all the time. I don't know why. Anyway, it's like, never mind. Woo, not going to say that. Um, <laughs> sometimes Holy Ghost is like, handbrake. And I'm like, yes, Lord. So we believe in the bodily return of Jesus. But we believe that we're going to grow into maturity and have the ascended spirit life through the church. The church is going to become the glorious bride that he returns for. He's coming back for a indoxus bride, a bride full of glory, fully mature, fully ready. Are you with me? 
And I believe the four living creatures are miracle grow for your maturation process. Okay? <laughs> That's a great pun. <laughs> Scott thinks it's funny. It's really more of a dad joke, but whatever. Last week, last little bit of re recap, we talked about the phrase in Revelation where it says the four living creatures were around, say around, and on each side of the throne. Yeah. Right? Around and on each side. Now that sounds redundant in English, doesn't it? Like, if you're around it, you're on each side of it, right? Well, in the Greek, around is circled. On each side is literally in between, in the middle. So how are they around and in between and in the middle of the throne? Let me give you a revelation. The four living creatures are under the four corners of the throne, holding it up around and on each side. In between, I believe they carry the throne. This is a submission. I believe that each of the four living creatures actually carry the throne of God. And today we're going to get into Ezekiel chapter 1, which is like a no-go for pastors who don't want to freak their people out. But we're going to read a lot of it, so you can tell how little I care about freaking you out. Yeah. I want to invite you into spiritually deep things. Is that okay? Like I want to open the eyes of your spirit. That's what I want to do. So... I believe they carry the, the four corners of the throne. I believe they look unto the four winds of creation, the four corners of the earth. I believe it's a picture of us growing into full maturity, and they carry the throne. They carry the authority, the beauty, the glory, the splendor of God. So let me give you a revelation. If that's true, if this is all symbolic, if this is sign language, if the four living creatures are the four stages of maturity, then if you grow up, then he is lifted up. Let me say it this way. If you, until you grow up, he won't be lifted up. <laughs> he will be exalted in the nations, in the earth. He will be exalted. That means to be lifted up. When we grow up, he's lifted up. Your maturity, I'll tell you what's on the other side of your maturity. It's not even about you. <laughs> the other side of your maturity is the authority of Christ made known on the earth. We need to grow. Amen? So, here's part two. <laughs> and I'm just basically going to play the part of a lawyer today and give you further evidence of what I just said being true from the book of Ezekiel. Okay? So, I will rest my case at the end of the day here. This is further evidence that the four living creatures are the path of spiritual maturity, and they are the thing that carries the throne. Okay? Turn on your imagination here because we're going to read some weird stuff. Right? We're going to read some weird stuff. We have it on screen for you. Ezekiel chapter 1, verse 4 through 5. Ezekiel says, As I looked, behold, a stormy wind came out of the north, and a great cloud with brightness all around it, and fire flashing forth continually. Say continually. Fire flashing forth continually. Get this picture. In the midst of the fire, as it were, gleaming metal. And from the midst of it came the likeness of four living creatures. Now he describes them same way, lion, ox, Eagle, man. We're going to jump down to verse 12. It says, and each, the four living creatures, each went straight forward. Wherever the spirit would go, they went. Say that with me. Wherever the spirit would go, they went. Wherever the spirit would go, they went without turning as they went. As for the likeness of the living creatures, their appearance was like burning coals of fire, like the appearance of torches moving to and fro among the living creatures. Say torches moving among the living creatures. Say it with me. Moving among the living creatures. Yeah. Okay, this is the picture you need to get in your mind. 
And the fire was bright, and out of the fire went forth lightning, and the living creatures darted to and fro like the appearance of a flash of lightning. Are you seeing this? Are you seeing this? Yeah, some of you need to turn your imagination on. Some of you need to bless your imagination. You've cursed your imagination and called it evil. Your imagination is not evil. Imaginations that set themselves up against the knowledge of the glory of God are evil. We cast down things that we imagine that are against the knowledge of the glory of God, not imagination itself. Your imagination is a gift from God. This is why children have no hard time experiencing the Lord and why you need to become like children. You need to imagine with your childlike imagination these pictures, okay? All right. So let me point out a couple things. It says there were, there were torches moving to and fro among the living creatures. Anyone remember Revelation 4, verse 5? It talks about there are seven torches before his throne. Do you remember, anyone remember what those were? The seven spirits of God. It says there are seven torches, Revelation 4, 5. I don't have it for you. But it says before the throne were burning seven torches of fire, which are the seven spirits of God. So I'd like to submit to you that the torches moving fro among the living creatures is the spirit of the living God moving amongst us, teaching us how to grow and how to mature. It's the spirit of the living God moving amongst his people. And I spoke on this extensively in another part of this series. Um, I don't remember what part because I'm lost. But um, Isaiah 11 verse 2 actually chronicles the seven spirits of God. Isaiah 11 2 is the only place we can find seven, seven listings of different spirits. You're like, wait a minute. I thought there was one Holy Spirit. There is. There's, he's the seven in one spirit. Just like God is three in one, Holy Spirit can be seven in one. Are we okay? Anyone want to call me a heretic yet? Yeah, just for reading the Bible to you. That's what happens. I read the Bible to people. They get mad at me. I'm like, oh. okay. So Isaiah 11.2 says this. Of Jesus, the spirit of the Lord will be upon him, the spirit of wisdom, spirit of understanding, the spirit of counsel, the spirit of might, the spirit of knowledge, and the spirit of the fear of the Lord. Isaiah 11.2. Those are the seven spirits of God. Now, you need to grow in wisdom. You need to grow in understanding, counsel, might, knowledge, fear of the Lord. Are you with me? All of these speak of where we can grow. And these are the torches moving across and among the living creatures. Are you with me? Is this making sense? You seeing this? It says, out of the fire went forth lightning. And that word lightning is very interesting in the Hebrew. Okay? It actually can be translated. It's the word for glittering sword. Out of the fire went forth glittering swords, lightning swords. Now, does anyone else rem you remember any reference to the sword of the Spirit? Anybody? Yeah, it's the what? It's the Word of God. The sword of the Spirit is the Word of God. So this is the sword of the Spirit, the glittering sword, the lightning flashing, is the Word of God coming from, guess who? The living creatures. And let me tell you, the more you mature, the more you'll be able to give the Word of the Lord. <laughs> I told them the Word of the Lord. Yeah, well, the way you said it didn't sound anything like the Lord. You might have been saying the right things, but not in the right way. <laughs> and the Lord has a tone about him. The Lord speaks a certain way. Our maturity will dictate how well we deliver the flashes of lightning, the sword of the Lord, the word of God. Are you with me? Come on. Now, not only that, but just to dovetail Pastor Lynn here, he read Hebrews chapter 4. And at verse 12, it says, the word of God, just to continue where he almost left off, is living and active, right? Sharper than any what? Two-edged sword. Now, you can check me on this, but it's right there in a Strong's Concordance. That word two-edged is also double-mouthed. 
It's sharper than any double-mouthed sword. <laughs> what is the double-mouthed sword? It's his word in your mouth. There's a sword that comes from his mouth. When we speak the word of the Lord, the way he would speak it, a double-mouthed sword, we cut, we divide between joint and marrow, right? We actually see breakthrough. We actually tear down things that are supposed to be torn down. Some of you are swinging the Lord without the, you're, you're swinging the sword without the Lord. That's Peter in the garden chopping off the priest's, the high priest's ear. What did he do? He swung a sword God told him to buy. Jesus told him to buy it. He's like, you, and then Jesus says, put away your sword. He's like, what? You told me to buy it. This seemed like a good time to use it. They're attacking. They're coming after you. It seemed like a right time to do the thing you told me you'd buy. You said, buy one. Here it is, you know. And Jesus has to go and clean up his mess and pick up the ear and put it back on. We do the same thing when we speak his word out of season, not in union with him. We use the word of the Lord and we deafen the hearer. You're taking scripture and you're cutting off the ears of those it's supposed to give life to because you're not speaking the double-mouthed sword. You're just a sword, a solo sword, a lone ranger lopping off ears. Those are the Bible thumpers. <laughs> Yeah, Jesus will come, clean up your ear mess. He'll clean it up. He'll just put it back on, you know. But, you know, why, why not just try and say it when he's saying it? Do it when he's doing it. John 5, 19. If you say it when he's not saying it, I heard the Lord say once, and you just default to the same thing he said to you 10 years ago, and you think it's for everybody else? Anybody understand what I'm talking about? Here, let's make it real practical. Just because it's in Scripture doesn't mean you share it on Facebook, Okay. Like, think about the people on the other side of their phone, who it's going to hurt, who you might keep from actually hearing the Lord, because you embitter them, you make them, okay. I'm trying not to get political, but please, for crying out loud, do not use the word of God to deafen those it's trying to speak to. Say, Lord, is this what you're saying? Is this what you're doing? And unless you got a green light, do not post, do not share, do not say it. Amen. She's with me. He's with me. Say amen. amen. This is so important. We're share happy. We're post happy. We're like, ah, that's, you know, whatever. Most of it is really from the book of opinions. It just sounds like scripture. You know, book of opinions, chapter 2, verse 1. Like God is a donkey or an elephant. Those are from the book of opinions. Okay. Hallelujah. Let's just keep reading in Ezekiel 1. So I don't offend you anymore. I don't know. It's important. It's important. Say what he's saying. Do what he's doing. Nothing more, nothing less. Please. I'm begging you. I'm trying to do what Pastor Lynn said. I'm trying to lead you into rest. Here's how not to rest. Just bang people over the head with the Bible. That's the least restful Christian life you'll ever have. Okay? All right. Ezekiel 1, 15 through 21, it says, Now as I looked at the living creatures, I saw a wheel on the earth. Say, on the earth. Beside the living creatures, one for each of the four of them. You seeing this? A wheel for each of the four, right? If they're holding up the throne, then there's four wheels on each side, right? One for each of the four of them. As the appearance of the wheels and their construction, their appearance was like the gleaming of barrel, and the four had the same likeness, their appearance and construction being, as it were, a wheel within a wheel. 
And when they went, they went in any of their four directions without turning as they went. And their rims were tall and awesome. And the rims of all four were full of eyes all around. And when the living creatures went, the wheels went beside them. When the living creatures rose from the earth, the wheels rose. Wherever the Spirit wanted to go, say wherever the Spirit wanted to go, they went. And the wheels rose along with them. For the Spirit of the living creatures was in the wheels. Are your wheels turning yet? Okay. When those went, these went. When those stood, these two. When those rose from the earth, the wheels rose along with them. For the spirit of the living creatures was in the wheels. Get this picture. The wheels were on the earth. Yes? Yes? The wheels were on the earth. The spirit was in the wheels. Wherever the spirit wanted to go, they went. The wheels along with them. The spirit is the one moving the wheels. Yeah? You guys okay? Okay. Let me drop this on you. Romans 8.14 says, all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. <laughs> you know what all means in the Greek, Hebrew, Aramaic, Sanskrit, Ebonics? All means all. <laughs> all who are led by the Spirit of God, Romans 8.14, are sons of God. Now that word sons is not just like you're a child. It's actually the word that means sharing the same nature as their father. It means it emphasizes the likeness of the believer to the Heavenly Father resembling his character more and more by living in faith. Did you hear that? All who are led by the Spirit are the maturing sons of God resembling his character more and more by living in faith. Son is not gender specific. It's children, right? It's about maturity. Are you getting a picture of this that maybe the four living creatures are the path of maturity? Anybody? Anybody feeling like, yeah, maybe? Okay, cool. A few of you are convinced. I'll work on the rest of you for the rest of our time. Ezekiel 1, 22 through 26 says, Over the heads of the living creatures, there was the likeness of an expanse, shining like awe-inspiring crystals spread out above their heads. And under the expanse, their wings were stretched out straight, one towards one another. And each creature had two wings covering its body. And when they went, I heard the sound of their wings like the, the sound of many waters, like the sound of the Almighty, a sound of tumult like the sound of an army. When they stood still, they let down their wings. And there came a voice from above the expanse over their heads. Say, over their heads. When they stood still, why does that keep happening? I'm, my iPad copies that wrong. I've done it three times now. I'm going to read it from here. So sorry. Above the expanse, over their heads, there was the likeness of a throne. And the appearance like sapphire and seated above the likeness of a throne was the likeness of a human appearance. Did you get this? Above their heads, there's a throne above the expanse. And there's one seated on the throne with the likeness of a human appearance. Who is that, I wonder? That's Jesus. These four living creatures, if you're not getting it, are underneath the throne and there's one seated on that throne speaking and they are carrying it out it says when they flapped their wings it was a sound of many waters do you remember that you remember that does that ring a bell to anybody revelation 115 says his voice was like the roar of many waters so when they're moving when they're going when they're being led by the spirit and going they are speaking the word of the lord and it's like the sound of many waters. You are the sound of many waters. Colossians 3 says, think not on things below, but on things above, right? Now, what are you made of? You're made of earth and water. 
Earth and sky, really, right? Think about it. So what happens when we ignore the natural realm, think on the spiritual realm? What happens? We speak the word of the Lord, and we are the roaring of many waters. Are you with me? Trying to make it plain. You got to imagine with me here. It's the voice of God in all of his people. You ever been to like a sporting event and people are shouting and screaming like thousands of people at one time? What does that sound like? It sounds like a waterfall. Yeah. That's what happens when these wings go. And I guarantee you that as you mature, you will be able to have the impact of the roaring of many waters because you'll join in. You'll join in with your brothers and sisters. You can't be the roar of many waters all on your own. You can roar, but you can't be many waters, plural, on your own. Amen? Amen. So there came a voice from above the expanse. Above the expanse over the heads was likeness of a throne. The four living creatures are underneath the throne. I'm hoping everyone's seen that. These creatures each have a wheel. There's four wheels, four creatures, the throne above. Yeah? This is a mobile throne room. If you're not seeing a chariot, you need to. This is a chariot of fire. The four living creatures operate the chariot that carries the throne. You and I are the mobile throne room carriers. That's why it's wherever two or more are gathered. I am there amongst them, right? You know, we're saying we're creating a resting place in the earth for God, but it's not like they have to come to this spot. Just a couple of you go to them. You carry the throne to them. That's how it's supposed to work. Ezekiel 1, 27 through 28, just to finish that passage, says, Upward from what had the appearance of his waist, I saw, as it were, gleaming metal, like the appearance of fire enclosed all around. And downward from what had the appearance of his waist, I saw, as it were, the appearance of fire. And there was brightness all around him, like the appearance of the bow that is in the cloud on the day of rain. That's called a rainbow. Do you remember what's in the throne room around his throne right now? An emerald rainbow. There's no doubt that these four living creatures, in my mind, are carrying the glory, beauty, splendor, authority of Jesus enthroned everywhere they go. Wherever the Spirit went, they went. All who are led by the Spirit are sons of God. This is your maturation process. Come on, like the brightness, the appearance of the bow that's in the cloud on the day of rain, so was the appearance of brightness all around. Such was the appearance of the likeness of the glory of the Lord. I don't know how much clearer it can get. This is Jesus for sure. Are you with me? That is Jesus is talking about. And when I saw it, I fell on my face. I heard the voice of one speaking. When we grow up, God is lifted up. When we learn how to love one another, we also carry him into our realms of influence. You're like, Jesus, come into my life. Come into my family. Come. He's like, grow up. I don't want to grow up. I'm a Toys R Us kid. Couldn't have it. <laughs> I don't, I don't, that's hard work. Yeah, I know. He's like, please get to work. I want to answer your prayer, but you would be crushed by me answering that prayer. If I said yes to that, you would not be able to carry it. He's building the character of those who are called so that you're able to carry the call. There's weight to this thing. Jesus said to his disciples, there are many things I wish to tell you now, but you cannot get this. 
bear up under them right now. You cannot handle the weight and authority of those words right now. I'm telling you, man. <laughs> Let me read these verses to you. You've probably heard this before, but Psalm 46, 10 through 11. You've heard this before, probably, if you've been in church. But it says, be still and know that I am God. And then it says, I will be exalted among the nations. Now, let me help you. That's the word people groups. There are many nations in this room. There are many people groups in this room. When he says, I will be exalted among the nations, he's talking about you lifting him up. He's talking about him being exalted among your nation. All right? You need your imagination first in order to get here. But <laughs> there's a nation that you represent. It's not like Jesus is not like coming to the, the border of like Canada and walking the border and say, I am exalted, I am exalted in this nation. Like, he's not going to do a parade, you know, in Russia or whatever, or in China or in the United States, like on a car. You are the nation. He will be exalted from within. Are you with me? Exalted means to be lifted up. <laughs> I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. What are you made of? You're the earth he's going to be exalted in. When you grow up, he's lifted up. That's what I want you to take from this. If you just would grow, he would come. <laughs> it's okay. It's, if you come here all the time, you know I'm not like tickling your ears. I'm telling you what's going to hasten the day of the Lord. I want to speed it up. I want them wheels to start moving. <laughs> you with me? Come on. And then it says, I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. The Lord of hosts is with us. So, like, listen, I understand there's geographical spiritual zones and, like, you know, praying at the gates of your city. I'm not mad about that. But listen, you are the gate of your city. You are the gate of your city. We are a people set on a hill. We are a city set on a hill, right? Come on. A light cannot be hidden. Jesus called you the light of the world. It's about you growing up. I'd love to break this to you. You're not going to the new Jerusalem. You are becoming the new Jerusalem. And it's coming to the earth through you. Jesus is going to come through us before he comes to us. We need to grow up into these things. He needs to be exalted in your earth. I care about the White House. But you know what? I care more about my house. Is that fair or what? I care about how well I treat my wife. More than policy coming out of Washington. It's a really good word, Caleb. That is such a good word. Amen, brother. Your wife is your first ministry. Your family is what God has his eyes on. He has his eyes on those other family. He's got his eyes on your heart towards your family. I will amen myself. I do not care. It's the truth. I'm telling you the truth, man. You need to mature so he can be made known. This is the plan. John 15, verse 8. And Gigi, you can come help me so I stop shouting at everyone, wherever you are. John 15, verse 8 says, by this. Say, by this. By this, my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit. And so prove to be my disciples. You know how he's not glorified? Lord, I glorify you. I glorify you. I glorify you. He's like, go bear fruit and prove it. That you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. What fruit are we talking about? We're talking about the fruit of the Spirit, the character of God, love, joy, 
peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. I might have missed one. That's the fruit you're supposed to bear. All of that has to do with you growing up. You know what impatience looks like? It looks like immaturity to heaven. You know what unkindness looks like to heaven? Immaturity. <laughs> you know what a lack of self-control looks like? Easy answer, immaturity for sure. You know what a lack of joy looks like? <laughs> immaturity. <laughs> Come on. All of creation is groaning in birth pains, Romans 8, 19 through 22, until now. For the what? The revealing of the sons and daughters of God. That's the plan. We grow up. He's lifted up. That is the plan. I don't believe that God wants to come back. Jesus, I don't believe Jesus wants to come back and fix anything. I believe he sent us on a restoration plan so that he can receive his full reward. He said, pray this way, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I'm trying to help you right now. That prayer should be, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth, this earth, as it is in heaven. This earth is where you'll be exalted. You'll be exalted in the earth, in all the nations. Come on. We need to be those who grow up into all things into godliness so that he can be lifted up. I'm going to say three more statements to you, and we're going to sing to respond to this. Okay, we always do that. We sing in response to these things just to seal it. And I want to actually, can we jump to that part that says all the earth will shout your praise? I want to sing that part, yeah. Sorry, we're just having a meeting up here. Hallelujah. Here's the deal. The mature body of Christ, say mature. The mature body of Christ is going to bring heaven to earth. The mature body of Christ is not waiting to get to heaven. That's the immature body of Christ. That is so 90s, bro. Like, that is so old news, all right? Here's the deal. We're not waiting to get to heaven. We're bringing heaven down to earth. The mature body of Christ is going to bring heaven to earth. The mature body of Christ, say the mature. The mature body of Christ is going to carry the Lord of glory into every realm of influence, into your workplace, into your, some of you need to rise up. Somebody please become a kingdom journalist because journalism is dead. Rise up and resurrect that thing, okay? Some of you are called to the media mountain, the, the government mountain, the family mountain, education. It doesn't matter your realm of influence. It matters that you grow up so that you can carry the Lord of glory. Think of the priest carrying the ark. Same thing, man. We are carrying the Lord of glory into the area we are called. Amen. The mature body of Christ is going to carry the Lord of glory into every realm of influence. All of them. We will be the head and not the tail. Are you with me? We will be influencing everything. I didn't say dominating. I didn't even say leading. I said influencing everything. <laughs> so that there be joy, peace, kindness, gentleness throughout the whole earth. Are you with me? Finally, the mature body of Christ is going to bring the authority, beauty, splendor, holiness, and glory of God everywhere they go. It's not coming in here and having a glorious experience. It's coming in here having a fellowship with one another, encountering Jesus together, and being equipped to go out and carry the glory of the Lord every single place you go. When you go to lunch today, I, here's what it looks like. Your waiters and waitresses should have a joyful time serving you. 
If you go out to eat, if you go home and your family, you're eating with your family, it should be a peaceful time. Hello? Are you with me? This is the maturity that needs to come. We're like, Lord Jesus, come and break the principalities. He's like, I'm trying to break through you. I'm just trying to break through you. And then we'll break through that. Stand with me. We're going to sing this. We're going to declare over ourselves and over the nations, over every part of the United States, over every part of this state, every part of you. We're going to declare all the earth will shout your praise. Our hearts will cry. Come on. Let's sing it out all together. All the earth. All the earth. Thank you for listening to this message from The Resting Place Tampa. Our hope is you feel honored, empowered, and full of faith because of everything you hear. For more great resources like this, go to trptampa.com.